First and foremost, I want to say thank you to my Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. I said those who bring evil against me will not prosper. I said those who stand in the dark can never come into the light. All praise be to the one and only true God, Jesus Christ. figured I'd share some ironic personal reflections I've been having. Self-aware enough to know that these are ironic, but they are also genuine personal ref reflections. Uh, following the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I think it is only reasonable to prepare for the ascension of America's future Franco. Right, obviously, his name will not be Francisco Franco or Benito Mussolini because he will be American. You know, some variety of John Smith is more likely. But as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, the reaction is rising. It's ascendant. And the Dobbs-Jackson decision is but a beginning you can smell it in the air. You can feel the victorious energy rising. And so, anticipating the rise of our Franco, the question is in my mind, what will be my role in that future glorious state? You know, I am, I am not the future king. That, that's not me. I, uh, I am uh, a leader of sorts, but I am not a leader of leaders. I'm not monarch material. What I am is a pretty good leader under a kind of leadership. If you want a guy to bust some heads to instigate I'm, I am an effective instigator and one place that has played out well is in getting fat people in shape you know ironically and I, I checked myself a little bit as I was talking which is cowardly but I'm on a public sidewalk and talking about Benito Mussolini as you know three liberal fat women walk by you can tell they're fat by the way they look and then you can also tell they're liberal by the way they look and then with some help from context clues you can also tell they're women that's a little bit harder to discern but i've got a really keen eye i must say myself if i do say so frankly and with great humility a great eye uh when i taught uh, middle school and high school, uh, out of shape students flock to me to basically kick their rear ends into shape. And so when the dust settles, when the smoke clears, 
And when our guy is in charge, whether it's a king or a Cromwell, I am putting in my application officially at this moment for the backside of victory to be, and, and I, I'm not even arrogantly asking for the one and only position, but assuming that there will be many camps, I am putting in my application to be a camp leader. What kind of camp? A summer camp? A Bavarian camp? Well, it's a good question. I would like to be camp leader at one of our future mandatory fat camps. Uh, that's right. When, when our guy is in charge, similarly to how Franco, for the, the glory of the nation, required men to conform to a certain uh, dress code, you know, he, he required if you're going to be a, a Spanish man, a Spaniard, uh, out in public, uh, you had to wear a jacket and a tie. We're going to press it further, and we, we have to press it further for the honor of the fatherland, only because of how far we've fallen. And again, it's funny to be sitting here trying to record this with a straight face on a public sidewalk because uh, probably 70% of the people walking past me are fat and would be required to go to fat camp where it'd be my job to get them in shape. Uh, as, as an aside, you know, I think at my camp I'll give you three goes through the course uh, to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out by the end of three goes, uh, I think it's only fair that you be exiled. You know, I think that I think that's a this is an obvious, only fair idea to put forward, a mild idea, so to speak. But then, you know, for single ladies that succeed in the course, uh, then then obviously we will have a system of uh, arranged Christian marriage, uh, where these new newly lovely deputants are uh, given in arranged marriage to you know the, the heroes of the nation the heroes of the war who still lack for themselves wives to establish families with uh, again only fair uh, a simple modest proposal so to speak uh, now this whole idea though uh, I think quite a humdinger, as they say, is ironic because you, you, you might not know what I look like, but I kind of am like, uh, you know, the body type of Daniel Cormier with half the height, and uh, I don't personally do any cardio um, in my exercise, my fitness regimen, you know, I don't do any cutting cutting the, the, the common practice in preparation for competitions or summertime of bodybuilders. I don't do such things because I cut my teeth in lifting as a power lifter. And as everyone knows, 
you know, power lifters are ugly sons of guns that take about 30 minutes in between sets. I know, I'm guilty. But in spite of being half the height and all the weight of Daniel Cormier, I still think I'm an obvious choice to lead a fat camp. And what I do in the establishment of my fat camp is upon being given land for the camp by uh, my liege lord, I would take my first crop of students and as part of their course, have them build the facility itself from nothing. Uh, so the super tall fence and obviously the guard towers uh, barbed wire for the aesthetic clearly actually let's be real we probably don't even need a fence because it's fat camp or, you know, are, are they really going to run away doubtful so really we'll just go for a pretty cool front gate you know just for the vibe uh, and then you know we'll need bunk houses uh, we'll need a, a chapel. We'll need a workshop to repair various and sundry items. And we'll need some fields prepared for the, the food that we will grow for ourselves. The crops we'll grow for ourselves. Um, and fields modestly prepared. You know, uh, easy fencing and whatnot for cattle that we'll have on the property. Uh, you know, I reckon we'll have uh, pigs and chickens for soil quality and cattle for uh, large quantity protein supply. Our diet is gonna be a mixture of uh, severe Calvinism and red meat and vegetables cooked in the fat from various red meat sources. Um, I understand that pigs and chickens do not count as red meat, but they will have developed such a close friendship on the farm with the cows that uh, they will have to be recategorized as red meat sources. So again, severe Calvinism and uh, a high cholesterol, high saturated fat diet. And then I'll start them on a simple fitness program starting with... Uh, 5,000 steps a day, bump them up to 10,000 steps a day, 15,000 steps a day, and 20,000 steps a day. We'll get to 20,000 steps a day, and we'll simply do 20,000 steps a day uh, until we get the first batch of weight off, mainly to protect joints. One thing I learned in pushing fat people in high school too fast uh, is that there's a lot of weight on those joints and you have to build up some good muscle fiber to not break people. Uh, I broke about half of a school. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to walk ever again. I think they have permanent disability. Their moms signed waivers though and so I hold no personal responsibility. Uh, it is just the way it goes. Once I get to a spot where they can successfully, without breaking their knees or ankles, walk 20,000 steps a day, we're going to do some lifting, some barbell lifting. And I'm a simple guy. We're going to stick to the press, the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift. 
uh, and keeping up our walking, keeping up our working on the farm and the lifting, we're going to get everyone in top shape, physically honoring their God and maker and their forefathers in the land of their forefathers. And again, then uh, from that, we will both get the men uh, wonderful jobs and the women wonderful husbands through arrangement so that the fatherland can be populated by greatness. Yes, I'm a diminutive Daniel Cormier, and yes, I accept the position. A couple topics to cover. One, a quick follow-up um, to the Roe v. Wade overturning episode. Uh, event updates regarding it. One, it looks like, so I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was an abolition bill that was going to pass in Louisiana and basically the pro-life lobby and groups like the ERLC, which is the lobby group for the Southern Baptist Convention, worked to get it shut down and replaced by a bill. There was a trigger bill similar to other states, including Idaho. Uh, it was to go in effect upon the Dobbs-Jackson decision going in our favor, but now a lower court judge is blocking the enforcement of that bill. Uh, now, I'm going to need someone to explain to me how that works, how in the week following the Supreme Court uh, ruling that the question can be decided at the state level by the people and the elected officials of the people, how can a lower court block enforcement? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't get that. Uh, I understand that states like New York, California want to continue abortion. I get that. I do not understand a court blocking enforcement of a law the Supreme Court has just said is valid. At least, uh, you know, validly within the bounds of the system. Uh, so, the fight's on at the court level in spite of Dobbs-Jackson. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, federal government, Biden administration, is saying that it plans on, or it is considering um, putting abortion providing uh, facilities uh, on military bases in states where abortion becomes illegal. Um, now, for that, it's tough because that, that's really pushing things into an ultimatum place where violence becomes a lot more likely, especially in the context of a union where there's supposed to be freedom of travel between states. But if, if the federal government or other states want to act like this, really it's going to push consistent pro-lifers to a spot where they really do have to treat it as murder and and again I would just advocate for a system where if you go onto federal territory to procure an abortion or if you go to a blue state to procure an abortion and you are from a red state where it is considered murder then 
It's the job of that red state to actually treat it as such. You should be considered a murderer and a fugitive of the law. If you, because now you've killed a resident uh, of the state, protected by the laws of that state. Um, And so if you leave that territory to commit that act, uh, then it's simply a matter of you are not welcome back. And if you step foot, if you step foot back in the territory where righteousness is actually legislated, then uh, you should be arrested and treated as a murderer and executed. And for any of these abortion providers uh, on bases, if they ever leave the base and go into state territory, uh, those abortion providers should also be arrested as murderers and executed. Um, and then if the federal government wants to send the National Guard for a little do si then let's do si You know what I mean? It's about time to have a little do si uh, we, we can We can go our separate ways, divide the furniture and the babies, or we can do si uh, it seems to be one of those things. I don't know why they want to push push it like that other than they are dedicated servants of the devil. And it's really trippy talking about these things on a public sidewalk when even in a place like Idaho, <laughs> everybody's liberal. But it's just the way it is. I, no, I was wearing a, I was wearing an anti-abortion shirt yesterday to honor the Dobbs Jackson decision, and it was just funny seeing the number of people that looked at the shirt, registered what it meant, and immediately became standoffish. Uh, so, a lot of demonism in in, in these parts. Lots of demonism. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the word kinism. And I don't think I don't think I'm going to try to be exhaustive right now on the idea uh, and say everything that's in my head about it. I think we can kick those to future episodes. What I do want to say is it's potential that you have heard that word for the first time. And probably the reason you've heard it for the first time is because of a little kerfuffle in the reformed online world that you probably have some kind of interaction with if you're listening to podcasts from guys like me. Um, Andrew Torba made the ridiculous statement that he is so happy that his sons look like him and that it is a principle of fatherhood for fathers to desire their sons to look like them. And uh, a guy posted this on a Facebook discussion group a Fight Life Feast Facebook discussion group and uh, immediately accusations of heresy were thrown out. Guys that were wanting lineal similitude in their children and their children's children were being called heretics under the term kinism or kinists. They were being called kinists and as kinists condemned as heretics. And, you know, it, it might have even been less than 50-50. Less than 50% of the people, of the men, that were saying that they wanted their children to look like themselves and 
that they loved the fact that God had made them what they are and they want their people to be preserved. Uh, probably less than half of those guys knew what the word was, even though they're being called it and being told by reformed celebrities to burn in hell for it. So that kicks off some energy. And from that energy, it's possible that you have now heard the word kinist. And if you hadn't before, now, now, because I've said it in your ear, you've now heard the word kinist. And that word, if you're called kinist, it's, it's like the Christian version of a leftoid calling you racist, right? It's, it's the uh, theology bro way of branding you racist. But what does the word mean, right? Uh, does it mean that you love your people, that you love your place? Does it mean that you think only white people can be Christians or that different races have different ways of salvation? Does it mean that uh, anyone who's in an interracial marriage should be divorced? What does the word actually mean? It's going to be thrown around with a lot of energy uh, and you're going to be called or you, you, you might hear somebody called a heretic with that word attached. So what I reckon will be helpful is, and this is something I've done on Twitter, is to put out the definition or a definition of kinist thought from a kinist. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the, the thoughts of a guy named Mickey Henry who wrote over at Tribal Theocrat which um, is kind of the predecessor uh, website from Faith and Heritage, which was uh, a Kinnist website that I think closed in 2018 or 2019. Uh, and so now Tribal Theocrat is kind of continuing the same project. But Faith and Heritage, you can buy an anthology of their writings from Antelope Hill Publishing. It's openly a Kinnist uh, website. So I'm going to go to one of their guys. I'm going to read you a definition from him, recognizing that there's going to be variation of thought within a group, just like there is with, with any group, ideological group. But let's go to one of their guys, writing on one of their sites. So, you know, with a, at least enough, an, enough consensus that it gets published on the site. Uh, and let's see, let's see about this definition. Is it a heresy? Is it simply controversial? Let's go. And there's a ton of glare today. It's 100 degrees and sunny. Thankfully, I love the summer. Uh, and so I'm sun maxing on the sidewalk. Let's see if I can read in spite of the glare. This is not in the precise order uh, in which he wrote it because I kicked off what I think is the most controversial part of it to the very end just to highlight it. So if it, if it sounds a little bit out of order by the time we finish, that's because of me, not because of Mickey Henry. Okay, let's go. Kinism is the belief that a basic harmony exists between the mind and the body, the spirit and the flesh. So, uh, that's at least saying, if not more, it's at least saying that your body and your soul go together. That you, though one is material and the other immaterial, 
they are a fitting pair. That the body and soul fit one another. They, they match, so to speak. Massive drops of sweat dropping into my eyeballs here. Kinism is the belief that conversion often happens, but that the ordinary means by which the church militant extends itself is through covenantal succession from Christian parents to covenant children. Uh, and whatever you think about the specific wording of that, that's something that... that basically across the reformed world is going to be agreed upon right conversion from complete outsiders does happen through evangelism and missions but primarily the body of christians on earth grows through the structure of family the family is the engine of god's work in the world fundamentally primarily Baptist and Presbyterian can agree on that. The, you know, probably some Reformed Baptist uh, are not going to like the word covenant children or the term covenant children, but you talk to a Reformed Baptist, he is going to expect that his sons and daughters will be Christian um, because that's the way God works. And the way churches grow, communities grow, is through parents raising up their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And if you raise them right, when they grow old, they will not depart from that way. Kinism is the belief that men are not born blank slates, but inherit physical and mental characteristics, predilections, weaknesses, and strengths from their biological parents. That neither nature nor nurture is deterministic of behavior, but that both are highly influential. So that's saying... That you uh, cannot throw off all responsibility for all your thinkings and sayings and doings. That said, where you are from, biologically, is highly influential on who you are and what you do. The way you are, what you do, uh, is, is not created on a blank slate of life, uh, but the, the physical and the immaterial part of you is shaped by your parents and their parents and their parents before them. And uh, that... Uh, experientially, you don't have to know the science. Experientially, you can see that, right? It, you see personality, right? So there's like physical traits from a family. Uh, my ravishing good looks is just a, a thing in my family. It's a birchard trait. We are stunning. We are mesmerizing our bodies are carved from granite we are muscular ants towering in the sky but also there are personality traits that you can see in me and in my father and in my mother certain parts of my personality my character from my father's side certain parts of my personality from my mother's side these are passed down even the immaterial parts of me not a blank slate. I am not the way I am simply by nurture. There is a blending of nature and nurture that results in me. And we see this in groups of people, right? Groups of people at the tribal level and the racial level have certain proclivities, right? Uh, and that's where stereotypes come from. 
Asians are good at math. For example, Asians have super high IQ. Kinism is the belief that race is biblically defined as common patrilineal descent. So here's here's one thing. And again, I'm just giving you the definition of kinism from a kinist writing on a kinist website, okay? Because if we're in a context where there's going to be some theological controversy where guys are called heretics, you know, let's at least hear them. Let's hear from the, that old horsey's mouth about what he believes, right? And you're going to hear detractors of kinism, you know, kind of straw man it, like, oh my gosh, you're really just talking about skin color. Skin color is so superficial. No, fundamentally, when a kinist is talking about race, he's talking about a network of families. Race is biblically defined as common patrilineal descent. So if you're talking about the white race, for example, you're going to be talking about all of the tribes that are European or of Japheth, right? So there, there is common patrilineal, patrilineal descent even from a group of distinct tribes that themselves have their own ancestry units. There's networks of networks so to speak and you know ultimately you can take that back to to Noah's family that in consequence race is the sum total of all the attributes a man inherits from his ancestors that he holds in common with his relatives both near and distant in consequence race is the sum total of all the attributes a man inherits from his ancestors that he holds in common with his relatives both near and distant Kinism is the belief that culture is the external expression of religious belief in union with race and place. So what that's saying is that humans are not kind of floating uh, containers that don't exist with distinct physical attributes in a place where you can just pour religion in and get the same thing out of it culturally speaking so if you go back to what we said earlier right who you are is a product of your lineage race is a network of lineage that produces traits characteristics attributes when you pour religion on that it's going to produce culture based on race and place so it's it's the baptism of the physical situated in a location as determined by God and that's why you know you can have long-standing Christianity in Ethiopia and long-standing Christianity in Germany and see vastly different cultures produced different bloodlines in different places kinism is the belief that the ideal Christian social order is an extension of the family concept considered at a larger scale. The ideal Christian social order is an extension of the family concept considered at a larger scale. And that makes sense because if you're looking at the, the base unit of society as the family, 
uh, then you're you're looking at the ideal society with highest trust, lowest crime, really as a network of, of families where there's there's blood relations in a common place. That's going to lead to high trust, high peace community. Kinism is the belief that biblically. A nation is a large group of people of common patrilineal descent living in a common geographical location and having a shared religion, history, language, and civil government, a religio-ethnostate, common locale, language, religion, history, government. That's what a nation is. Common patrilineal descent. Kinism is the belief, and so, and that's different than uh, propositional nationhood, right? So, really, in America, you're taught that everyone, everyone is is uh, an ethno-national part of an ethno-national group, but America is distinct, or really any white Western nation is distinct, uh, and simply a frame, an, an economic zone with framing creeds. So basically everyone in the world is an American waiting to come out of the closet. But not everyone in the world is a Sri Lankan waiting to, waiting to clump, come out of the closet. Not everyone in the world is a Zambian waiting to, clump, to come out of the closet. Everyone, everyone is an Englishman, an Australian, a German, waiting to come out of the closet. So you can have a sea of black people in Germany, and we're all supposed to believe they're German. But we, we all know that a German is a German. Uh, yeah. We can, explore, we can explore that idea down the road. Kinism is the belief that sin is a universal deformity in human nature, that every group is sinful, and that no perfect society is possible this side of heaven. So it's not utopian. Kinism is the belief that Christians should work to limit human error by seeking those conditions which are inherently productive of a harmony of interests. We want to maximize the harmonization of interests between people so as to have the best possible situation for us to raise families in both in marriage and in society at large, that a harmony of interest naturally exists between people who are similar. A harmony of interest naturally exists between people who are similar, right? A man and a woman who marry from the same culture, the same tribe, are going to have a much easier job, uh, go at it, than people who marry from, from different cultures because they have different interests and, and traits. Kinism is the belief that those who are not Christian in outlook reject the transcendent unity of creation in God. I gotta get sweat out of my eyes here. Kinism is the belief that those who are not Christian in outlook reject the transcendent unity of creation in God, our Creator, and in its place seek to substitute an imminent unity that ultimately destroys all distinctions. Right? And so there you're gonna see the Marxist tendency to just emphasize one world government, uh, erase distinctions, flatten all hierarchies, right? That is, that's an agenda that goes against God, right? Because God in, has inherently made the world hierarchical. 
Dominicanism is the belief that those seeking a new world order find the boundless diversity in God's creation an intolerable hindrance to earthly unity. That they seek a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world man. That multiculturalism, miscegenation, and transracial adoption are all means to their ends. And now, apart from whatever you think about those specific concepts, miscegenation, transracial adoption, it is objectively fact that those practices are helpful in the great pursuit of the one. If you want to erase all distinctions, you want to, you want to create a, a global man not a, a man of a people in a place, but a global man who belongs to the world, a global citizen. Miscegenation and transracial adoption obviously help that. Now, you can recognize that without saying those things are bad, but recognize that. Kinism is the belief that cultural Marxists seek a revolutionary regeneration of society by destroying all the institutions of Christendom. That multiculturalism and politically correct newspeak, as well as their control of the news media, entertainment, and education, are all a means to that end. That all of Christendom's history is continually subjected to critical assessment designed to undermine it. Kinism is the belief that under the Abrahamic covenant, God's covenant nation consisted principally of a subset of Abraham's physical descendants. That in the New Covenant era, era, the elect come from all nations. Kinism is the belief that nevertheless, God graciously made Europe the historic seat of Christendom. Right? So Japheth possessing the tents of Shem. That because of this, the white Christian male is especially under attack by the forces of the New World Order. It makes sense that the forces of the New World Order, serving the devil and his interests, are going to primarily oppose those who established Christendom. Kinism is the belief that atomistic individualism and centralized totalitarianism are not intention. Atomistic individualism, centralized totalitarianism, not intention, but are necessary corollaries that the rise of rationalism has led to the simultaneous rise of an impersonal and rootless man and a unitary technocratic state. You know, you're just... You're an, you're an economic Lego piece if you're just an individual who exists outside of a family line and a network of families rooted in a particular soil, formed, made, built by a particular soil, uh, then you're just uh, a loan getter for the banking, the banking elites. Kinism is the belief that man inherently desires association and a sense of belonging and that in the absence of human scale associations man will substitute the sense of belonging offered by the total state. Kinism is the belief that the cure for collectivism is not individualism. The cure for collectivism is not individualism but rather to increase human scale associations principally so to oppose the pushed form of association, the Marxist form of association, the globalist form of association, with 
association of a natural order to oppose the lesser with the greater better more fundamental god blessed forms of association principally in the primal community of the family but also in multitudinous local social social institutions thank you so much it's blazing hot yeah i'm sweating in my eyeballs i'm getting i'm sun maxing i'm getting a tan getting my vitamin d levels up yeah you got to do what you got to do you got to do what you got to do let's see principally in the primal community of the family but also in multitudinous local social institutions such as the church civic organizations etc kinism is the belief that multiculturalism is destructive of community and leads to isolation alienation or loss of identity and a prevailing sense of loneliness uh, and yeah, the proofs in the pudding there. Look at the most multicultural communities in America, and those, those things, uh, sense of community, it's not going to be there. You're going to see isolation, alienation, loss of identity, questions of purpose, loneliness. Kinism is the belief that a man who no longer identifies with his community will not expend his labor or capital in its maintenance, improvement or in service of its future existence. So he's not as, as useful of a man, he's not as productive of a man if he's not given to loyalty to soil and people. Kinism is the belief that the forces of the new world order have a vested interest in destroying community as a means of atomizing man so that he willingly embraces the total state. Kinism is the belief that all men are equal only in the sense that we have a common origin and federal head in Adam that we are equal before God's law in the sense that it applies to all men, recognizing that in points it applies unequal treatment to the sexes, to believers than to unbelievers, and to the native than to the alien. That men are unequal in almost every other way, whether it be in talents, intelligence, character, strength, appearance. That these inequalities are inherent in man and not the result of differences in, the, in their environment or upbringing. Right, again, so it's not, we're not just, the, the, the Kinnis is not just advocating for, for absolute, an absolute concept of nurture, but fundamentally recognizing that nature exists and is made by God and brings with it stuff. That Christians, the native born, and property owners have a greater claim to wielding power, whether that be holding a position of leadership voting, land ownership, or freedom of movement. That hierarchy is the natural and proper structure of human society. Both of those things are fundamentally American and Christian. Kinism is the belief that inequality has developed both along individual and racial lines, and that every race has its areas of, areas of superiority. So, you know, uh, a lot of times the idea of white supremacy and kinism will be conflated but here's a Kenneth saying uh, there are racial inequalities and each race has its own area of superiority and inferiority. It's not one, one race doesn't have exclusive claim to superiority in every category. That we should not be ashamed 
So it's the belief that we should not be ashamed of those gifts God saw fit to bestow upon us, but enjoy them. Right? So who we are and what we are and our advantages and disadvantages, that's all determined by God. And instead of just moaning and complaining, we should we should take and steward and maximize. Kinism is the belief that envy is a desire for equality taking the form of hatred of the superior. That the envious man begrudges others of their advantages. And rather than seeking to acquire those advantages for himself, instead seeks to destroy them so that all will be equal in their poverty of advantages. That envy motivates many minorities and that separation is the only effective way to deal with it. Right, so here, that's going to be something controversial, right? Because uh, we have all grown up in a world of forced integration. And we've all seen the movies that are super emotionally uh, engaging and moving. Remember the Titans, right? Integration through sports. Here, there's a recognition that there is racial conflict. That racial conflict is inevitable because the members of the various races are sinners. And that the best way to mitigate and to limit racial conflict is through segregation. People living amongst their own kind in their God-assigned place. Now that might be controversial to you, but is that heretical? Somebody believes that? You say, damn you to hell. Marcus Pittman says, if you believe that, you should go to hell. Right? Is that what you think? By the way, Marcus Pittman would be more than welcome to be forced to be in my fat camp, and I would help him become a total Chad. From Chode to Chad at Dave's Fat Camp. Kinism is the belief that man as a creature is necessarily limited. That because he is limited, his responsibility to others is also limited. Right? You, you, uh, you, resources, time, etc., etc. You are limited. You're not God. You can't do everything you would for one for all. And so there is, a, there is a proper, good, right, God-designed uh, hierarchy of, of responsibilities, of loyalties for you to live by. Love is not distributed equally. It's not done in the same way for all. That's silly. Kinism is the belief that human responsibility is biblically regulated by relationship, such that we have a greater responsibility to our own family, our own race. And again, Mickey Henry has defined race as a network of families. So, it's it, it you know being more responsible to your race is simply, according to Mickey Henry's definition of race, an, ext uh, an extension of the obedience we are required to give to the fifth commandment to honor your father and mother. Right. So if I'm to honor my father. I too am to honor his father, and his father's father, and his father's father's father. And before you know it, right, you're going to have a network of third cousins, more or less, that you have a unique um, duty of honor to give. Greater responsibility to our own family, race, town, state, region, and country than we do to the other. Right, so I have more of a duty of fidelity to Dixie than to uh, Tbilisi or the, the Caucasus. You know, you think of, uh, think of Vodi Bakum, right? He felt a particular burden 
to minister to his homeland and his native people. And so he went and he started an awesome school to set them up for prosperity and righteousness. He, he wanted to build up his own. He had a unique responsibility of love for them and not to Mexicans, for example. Not to use a racial slur there, I, I meant Mexican descriptively. Kinism is the belief that Christians should favor the native and the normal over the alien and the novel. Kinism is the belief that placing burdens on people they cannot bear inevitably induces guilt, that a guilty man is an easily controlled man, that a man with impossible burdens will seek a more powerful entity to bear those burdens for him, that the most powerful earthly entity is the state, that the agents of the new world order have a vested interest in inducing guilt as a means of control. Kinism is the belief that atonement is an inescapable category for man, that if the true atonement of Christ is rejected, a substitute atonement will be sought elsewhere, that masochistic activity is often a false substitute, means of self-atonement, that burden-bearing is one such masochistic activity, that transracial adoption is one common form of burden-bearing in the post-Christian church, that sacrificing one's family to become a foreign missionary is another common form. Kinism is the belief that adoption should be a rare event, and that orphans should always be cared for by the relationally nearest family member willing to do so. That if no natural family is willing to care for the orphan, only then may a foster family be sought. This, you know, follows even the pattern Paul sets forth for, for widows. You know, it's the family that's responsible, the nearest family. Only then do you look at, at outside means of care. That a foster family should only care for another's child as a means of making the best of a bad situation. After the woman is beyond her childbearing years, and all natural children have left the home. Right, so this is saying adoption and foster, rare. And also, you know, just to be clear, it's not like, oh, you know, we want X number of kids and we're going to have them by adoption. So the biological pursuits because of the environment or human population levels, uh, these are not substitutes for biology that God wants you to create a child in your likeness and image uh, for Christological purposes. It pleases the father that his son uh, uniquely carries his image. That's a God design. So foster should be pursued by women, pursued by women who are beyond their ability to have children by natural means and only in rare circumstances. That transracial or international adoptions should not occur, right? And so that again is, is saying that people are not atomized, they exist within a tribe and uh, we shouldn't go out of our way to disrupt that identity for people, right? Uh, I know people who were from you know various countries in southern Asia that were adopted by families in the West and for their whole lives they've struggled with identity because beyond simply the fact that they were torn from their biological families now they're also torn from their land their language and their their broader bloodlines so they are maximally atomized and have, have suffered for it 
Dominicanism is the belief that besides treating all men in accordance to God's law, our only universal responsibility to others is to share the gospel with them. That this responsibility is not borne by every individual, but collectively by the church. That the social gospel is not the gospel, and that relief efforts, as well as educational and medical missions, are often destructive of the spread of Christianity to foreign cultures. That our responsibility consists only of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That the most effective missionaries are native missionaries. And so, you know, that principle is carried out by heart cry, right? Heart cry funds natives to minister to their own people. Scotsmen to Scots, not even, not even simply along racial lines, but down to tribal lines, Scotsmen to Scots. Foreign missionaries should only be considered if no natives are available. A foreign missionary should be single or married but childless. Kinism is the belief that dispossession, barrenness, population decline, wealth transfer, mental blindness, and widespread self-destructive behavior are clear external signs of God's judgment. That the proper response to this is not to bear our necks to his chosen instruments of castigation, but to reassert the crown rights of King Jesus and our lawful claims under his kingship. All right, and now here is what I've separated out as going to be the, the most controversial. So there's going to be controversial things probably you've heard. Here's going to be the most controversial thing. So I've taken it out, put it at the end just to, to highlight it. Kinism is the belief that the God of the Old Testament who forbade interracial, interreligious marriages to his covenant nation is the same as the God of the New Testament. That marriage between parties who are not naturally congenial is unequal yoking. That unequal yoking in marriage or in society at large is destructive of Christian harmony, association, and growth. Now, you know, the, these various concepts, uh, you know, I'll hit them with more depth, future episodes. For now, there is a, I think, a pretty good explanation of the Kinnist position at, as you know, Matt Chandler would often like to say, at a 30,000 foot level. You know, explanation of the position from a guy who holds it, who got it published out of sight that promotes it. And you tell me if a guy who believes that deserves to burn in hell. Is that a heresy? Does that deny the faith? Is that in conflict with the plain teaching of Scripture? And if you think it is, is it in conflict with the plain teaching of Scripture to such a degree that the guy who holds that deserves damnation and he's denying a fundamental tenet of the faith? Right? Is he the same as the guy who says, well, I believe the Nicene Creed and Orthodoxy and I'm also pro-choice, right? Because, you know, you and I, we're going to be clear on that. If a guy says he's pro-choice but he affirms Nicaea, we're going to say, uh, yeah, tough luck for you, burn in hell or repent. Is this like that? Or is this something different? Right? Marcus Pittman wants to say, if you believe this, you deserve to go to hell. Darren Dillon wants to say, if you believe this stuff, you are basically the same as a, a guy who's incestuous. There's the definition from the horse's mouth. Chew on that. We can talk about it more in future episodes. Thank you for listening. Thanks be to God for the victories he's given us. Hey, guys, I know that's a new term for you. A lot of new ideas for you. It's cool. We'll talk more. Until then, I'll see you around. Go with God.
When there's nothing left but the fire in my chest and the air that fills my lungs, I'll hold my tears and trade my ears for a glimpse at kingdom come. On the other side of misery, there's a world we long to see. The strife we share will take us there to relief and sovereignty. Oh, my God, we'll have our home again. My God, we'll have our home. My blood or sweat will get there yet. My God, we'll have our home. In our own towns, we're foreigners now. Our names are spat and cursed. Headline smack of another attack Not the last and not the worst Oh, my fathers, they look down on me I wonder what they feel To see their noble sons driven down Beneath a coward's heel Oh, my God, we'll have our home again My God, we'll They strain to see I struggle forth to find a friend To light the way for me Oh, brothers, can you hear my voice Or am I all alone? If there's no fire to guide my way Then I will start my own Oh, my God, will